It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Podcast Network, I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Everything Will Be Okay. My guest this week can attest to how his path to success wasn't immediate or linear, but it eventually led him to be a first-time Grammy-nominated country music artist at the 2022 Grammys. Walker Hayes is a Grammy-nominated country music singer-songwriter. While Walker has been in the music industry for over a decade, He was met with chart-topping success as his hit song, Fancy Like, became an instant song of the summer, proving that patience, perseverance, and one person believing in you can alter your entire life. Walker Hayes, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, It it might be a little unusual for you to be on the Everything Will Be Okay podcast, but that is actually, in coming to know you a little bit, reading more about you, that message of Everything Will Be Okay is something that you live by through your faith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my hope, you know, is in Christ and um, and the Lord. And yeah, w- without a doubt, I mean, <clears throat> despite my circumstances, um, you know, everything, everything will be OK. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And of course, um, in the last few couple of weeks, we've been watching the horrific images out of Ukraine. And I ask myself every day, like, will everything be okay? And ultimately, yes, you know, it will be. Um, and that faith is something that we have to believe in. Um, just for people that don't know you a little bit of on your background, you're from Mobile. Yes, I am from Mobile, Alabama. And back, back to what you were just saying, that's a test. Just that is a, what is going on, you know, in the Ukraine, you know, my wife and I, find ourselves just kind of sitting in silence uh, through trying to think of solutions, you know, and, 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 and ways we can help because it is absolutely um, unexplainable, you know, mm-hmm. and it's one of those, those moments where you go, how is, how is this happening? And, uh, you know, all, all we can do is believe, you know, that it will be okay. And that, it, that, that every, all this, um, is for some good, mm-hmm. you know. And we that, try to and look for tough, the miracles, but, I think, that, you know, yes. looking for that. In fact, today mm-hmm. I was able to interview um, a father. So he was born in Kiev, but lives in America, was a refugee in the 80s with his family. They were um, Jewish refugees fleeing the Soviet Union, and they settled in the United States. And he and his wife, his wife is American, uh, and he's American now as well, but she was born in America. They um, had two, well, twin boys born by surrogate, on the second day of the war in Ukraine. Oh, wow. And Project Dynamo is this amazing organization, and they were able to get those little babies out and into safety to Poland last night. So we were able to speak with him today. And so I think in some ways you look for the miracles and you try to support the organizations and the people who are carrying out the prayers that we are all uh, sending up. I love that. Looking for the miracles. Come on. That's awesome. Oh, good. Hey, that could be. Honestly, is it a song title? Maybe. It might be, it might be. <laughs> I mean, because, you, you know, and you have to, and they're, they're yeah. 
even the smallest things really are miracles, you know, in this broken world we live in with the broken hearts yeah. that we have, you know. Um, Indeed. But yeah, it's it's a it's a perplexing time um, right now. And there's a lot of but, mixed emotions, right? Because um, I think you might look back at your, well, your, I know that you believe that your life is a miracle um, and also your career. Um, there's magic in the climb and... You're from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, you write a great yeah. song about that. Um, that <laughs> I um, hey, I have I got to pull it up. I'm just pulling up my oh, I got it right here. Uh, I got you. That's uh, what is that song called that I love so much about? Is, is it about? Is it uh, love hate? Yes, that's a great song. Mobile wasn't ready. Oh, that's black sheep. Black yeah. sheep. That's a great song. Well, I, I actually love that entire <laughs> album. Oh, eight that's track. awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we did those eight tracks. And yeah, I mean, the, the love hate song is about, you know, you do, you, you want your hometown's affirmation, but you don't want to want it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, that you love those songs. And, uh, it has been, <clears throat> it, it has been a, my 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 journey, you know, from the moment Lainey and I decided to move to Nashville, it could be the longest book ever <laughs> and, and just the, the longest movie, you know, with, with multiple sequels because we've we've experienced it all. I mean, I feel like we have literally seen every corner of life. I can't imagine a new tragedy or a new, you know, hurdle or a new mountain or a new monster demon or you know what i mean we've just we've rung it out and um and then we're here now which is unbelievable i mean this this phase of life we're experiencing now career-wise and family-wise it's so great we don't understand it you know um are you able to enjoy especially yeah we we are and and but at the same time we we look at it and we we really try to decipher what is what's a blessing you know what i mean and um because we we just have an interesting way of looking at life you know i mean i've we've lost we've lost a child mm-hmm. and people would think we're crazy, but I see it as a blessing you know what i mean so when you when you've lost a child and you see that as a blessing is a Grammy nomination a blessing? Like, are they the mm-hmm. same? I don't really know. You know, I've, I've really come to a point in life where I don't know if more money in my pocket is really a blessing. I can't decide, you know, and I love that. I love that I'm at a place where it's hard for me to decide and I have to talk to my wife about it, you know, and I got to talk to my kids about it and we, we discuss it, you know, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it is worth discussing, you know, um, I, so go ahead. Sorry. Well, I feel like a lot of what you've gone through is just you're right. You've experienced so much of life and you have so much ahead of you. And one of the reasons I wrote Everything Will Be OK is that when I mentor young women, I find that they're just filled with a lot of anxiety about all yeah. sorts of things. Right. And I don't want them to worry yeah. their young lives away because, first of all, if you're born in America, you already won God's lottery. You're born in freedom. And if you are educated then as a woman today, because of all the great advances that women before us have made, we really just have to decide what do you want to do and how hard do you want to work? But it, it is going to be difficult. Life is not easy, but the they're too consumed, in my opinion, with anxiety and trying to be, I guess, conform to what 
people think they should be like. And when I read about right. you, I, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And I know that the climb for you in Nashville has been quite a long one. And the success that you've had with Fancy Like and other, I, I think that drinking songs in particular, I won't go through it all with all this, all the songs that I love. But yeah, what I really wanted to ask you about was about how you are able to stay true to yourself when there were so many pressures for you to change to try to conform to what country music radio wanted? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I am an individual. I think I inherited that from my father. Um, he was not a, he, he just, he ne- never, not once in his entire life did he ever follow the herd, you know? And so I had that, I had that going for me, you know? Um, Maybe I could stop you there and have you tell the story behind the song of Dad's Sailboat. Oh yeah. So my, my dad was a sailor and, and he loved, he loved to race. There were like these Thursday night local just races. And, uh, every single time we raced, my dad would, uh, the entire fleet, like, you know, a hundred boats would go this way and we would go this way and we would either come in last or first. And he just, that's the way my dad operated. And my dad, he got into sailing when I was born and um, it was just his passion. I mean, that's what we did on weekends. I mean, we were, we were up early on Saturday getting on that boat. And, um, and uh, when I came home uh, probably about eight years, seven years before he died, he had to sell it because he couldn't, could no longer operate it alone. And um, so I saw the, you know, there was a for sale sign on it. And my dad had early signs of Parkinson's then. And you could tell when he wrote the, the, his cell phone number on the sign for, to, to call. It was, it was very like jittery, mm. you know? And, um, and yeah. And so I wrote a song about just, you know, I didn't ask mom cause I, I didn't want to make her upset. You know, I knew it was an upsetting thing, but, he needed to sell his boat, you know, he, he couldn't do it anymore. And, and he was getting very brittle. So yeah, we wrote a song about it. You know, I, 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 that, that for sale sign was definitely one of the first signs of, you know, that he, our heroes go on, you yeah. know, they, they die. And, um, so and that he was, really uh, taught you that, or you think you either taught you or that you, ex- you inherited that independent streak from him. Yeah, and honestly, my independence can be it, it. It can be wrong. It's it's not a you know. I I think um, sometimes I I think we I think we glorify our tendencies a little much. You know, like for instance, my wife's a peacemaker, but it's not always great. You know, it's not always a healthy thing to want to please everyone and and get everything under a rug and make peace. You know, sometimes you need you need confrontation. And like me. Um, yeah, it, it's cool. It, it really helped me to to stay who I was, but it could have gone the other way. You know, I mean, there were times that I look back in life where I wish I would have listened at labels to what they said. You know, they were they were just trying to help me feed my kids, you know, and there were times um, where my independence was not righteous. It, it, it just I, I should have listened. I should have accepted help. For instance, there was a time where a, a buddy of mine gave us a car and I didn't want the car, you know, um, we, but we needed the car 
Um, and I was such an individual on a, on an extremely wrong level that I didn't want to need help because I thought everybody needed help, but I didn't want to need help, you know? Is <laughs> it, know is, it, is this the, the guy who gave you the car? Is that the one your neighbor's with now? Yeah. Yeah. That's Craig, an incredible exactly. story of grace. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And, um, yeah, Craig, Craig and I met at a church that I didn't want to be at. I was an alcoholic at the time. We had just had our sixth kid and we had one car and I was working at Costco and it was, it was me and Lainey versus the free world, you know, (laughs) and I was fine with that. And again, back, back down to the truth that my independence wasn't so good. You know, I I actually needed help. I I needed um, to follow the herd to some extent because People before me knew, you know, they had gone through the same experiences I had. And, um, but yeah, Craig, man, he loved on us. He introduced us to Jesus and uh, he provided his own van. He, he gave us a van out of his own garage at one of my son's baseball games. And we, we were inches away from fighting about it. I mean, I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed um, that he would show up and, um, believe that I would actually take that charity. And, um, I remember my daughter, Leela standing next to us saying, dad, just take the car, you know? And I finally did. And, uh, and now we're, we're just neighbors. You know, he said something to me that night that changed my life. Honestly, I I feel like this is when my heart began to soften and life began to not just be about me is is he said man somebody did this for me once just let me do this for you and that gave me permission to be weak and uh that's changed that changed my life Mm -hmm. i mean that sentence right there i know my heart began to soften i probably wouldn't have admitted it that night but um that's that's i mean that's honestly when when i kind of saw christ's hand in the distance Wow. And um, yeah, it was an amazing moment. Yeah. But yeah, again, I, I, literally, I feel like every week of my life has one of those moments. But, <laughs> you know, again, independence, it's awesome. But, but I, you know, I tell my kids all the time, I tell my daughter, like, you can be independent for the wrong reasons. You know, like we, we all we all have to evaluate our motives every second mm-hmm. of every day. And um, I think about I mean, my sister. I just think it's important. I think my sister, oh, I, grew yeah? up, I grew up in Denver and um, I was the firstborn and the, and she's four years younger than me. And I was very much like the, I would actually, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think there was a lot to the whole firstborn child thing. And I yeah. very much, I was, I followed the rules and I love to get a gold star on my chart and I would always be like early to everything and my room would be clean. And, and I remember if my sister got in trouble for something, my mom would say, go to your room. And she said, be like, great. I love my room. And then she'd go, she'd go in her room and my mom would say, are you ready to come out? And she'd say, nope, I love my room. And it was like, how do you punish somebody like that? Like, she's so independent that way. But I, I really yeah. take the point. And I think that um, you're, you as a dad is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. Um, yeah. I, I heard you say once how every day you pray for how you can be a better dad. And I wondered about your approach to raising daughters uh, in this era in this modern age um yeah if, and if if there are ideas that you can pass on to others here that you think have worked well yeah you know look 
I don't think one one shoe fits all, you know, so I, I will just preface whatever I say with these, these, this is just this is just me trying my best, you know. Um, I still feel like a kid in a man's body, and I don't, you know, I, I look at my 16-year-old often, and I think I don't feel equipped to father that, you know, to have an almost adult in my house mm-hmm. that is my child. And so, but um, honesty is just a huge thing in our house um, to an awkward extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my kids ask me a question about anything, I err on the side of not protecting their innocence because I, I don't believe, I don't really believe in that concept. I mean, I, 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 I want to, I want them to know what the world is like before they get in it. And, you know, a lot of that, I mean, my industry is not the cleanest in the world, you know? Um, sure. And so. And they, a lot of songs they, that are written about girls are not flattering. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and, and I, I don't, I don't want to hide that, you know? And um, we're very, we're a very vulnerable family. I say, I'm sorry a lot. I don't want, you know, the first, my firstborn, I want her, I, I praise the Lord every day. You know, I'm going to start crying when I say this, but my, I'll tell you this, my, 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 my firstborn is a, she's a firstborn, you know, she is, she's that she's just so driven. Does she want a gold star and, on her uh, chart? She does. Yeah. She's the prodigal son that stayed home. You know what I mean? She's, she's pissed when we throw a party for the younger one because she remembered her underwear at church, you know, and it's (laughs) like, but, but Leela, this is amazing. And you will know this as a firstborn, but Leela laughs at, she will laugh at herself. And I am so glad because she doesn't, that's not a natural thing for a firstborn, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, to, 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 to trip and go, Hey, that was funny. I just tripped. Did anybody see that? You know, and it is, and I'm so grateful. And I, and I, um, you know, we've had to work on that, you know, like why you got to, you know, and, but, but back to the honesty thing, I just, we're, we're very honest. We communicate, we over communicate. I mean, this, this may be too much information, but when, when Leela had her first period, we talked about it out loud a lot. You know, we did not, I did not want to say this is a gross thing. I didn't want to say this is a weird thing. I didn't want to say this is a hidden thing. I wanted, I wanted it just to be a normal thing. You know what? Because it is. Yeah. How, you know? That's such a healthy and, way to approach it. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, I, I don't believe in taboos. Like the last thing, I want any of my sons and daughters is, is with any of the sexual, um, you know, hormonal, uh, pubescent stuff. I don't want anybody to feel shame, mm-hmm. not one ounce of shame, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I want shame to be I want them to be ridded of total shame because that's every single human on Earth you know, is, is, are we thinking these things we're going through these things. And, and so, you know, and in in return, I imagine that she is able to come to you and talk about anything. She is. 
She is. And, 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 and you know what? It's, it's, it's vice versa. I mean, I can, I can talk to her about anything, you know, I, uh, anything. Was this I mean, the daughter absolutely. that has, I don't know, who had the idea for the TikTok video for Fancy Like? Oh, that was Leela. Yeah, she, yeah. She and I, so with each of my kids, I have a thing with them, you okay. know, just, and they know it's not, I'm not like trying to trick them, but it's, it's just something that we, we both dive into um, because I always feel like relationships, if you can find a ball to throw with anyone on earth, you can have a conversation with them. And so Leela and I, TikTok, we make up dances together, whether it's my songs or somebody else's. We both love to dance. And so over COVID, that began to be our thing. And then, yeah, when Fancy Like came out, you know, she said, Dad, Fancy Like needs a dance. But with my other, like with me and my son Chapel, it's Call of Duty every day. We play (laughs) some Call of Duty With, with my son Beckett. It's Madden. With Baylor, it's anything sports. With Loxley, we draw, you know, and with Gooey, we we read. And so it's just, you know, it's a place where I can just play with them. But in the meantime, we're we're bonding. You know, I don't I don't think they realize that, but of course, but we are. You don't you know? realize it until you're older, and then you see your right. dad sign on, on a sailboat, and you have all of those memories. Um, ah, look at you. That's I know. Awesome. I really should move to Nashville. <laughs> truly. You That's, I was a country music DJ in the 90s. Um, your ah. your song, 90s Country. Oh, my gosh. I love that song because I did overnights during college um, at yeah. this radio station. I made minimum wage, KCCY FM, 96.9. Um, yeah. That's when it was like eight tracks and you had like or the cartridges and, and they would they had the song list already laid out for you. So you didn't even, there was like no creativity or anything. You just like plug and play these songs play in. Yeah. But I, I love 90s country so much. And that song was, uh, your, that song is fabulous. I remember I, I'm Thank friends with you. Amy Mayo, a songwriter who's been on the podcast as well. Oh, yeah. And she, I played that song 90s country for her. She's like, who is that? I need to know more <laughs> about him. I love that song. Awesome. And of course she wrote Amaze. So there you go. We'll be right back with more of this interview after this. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Do you have any particular advice or thoughts about social media and how how to parent in regards to that? I I got nothing on that. I don't know. Here, look, here's my two cents is um, until it becomes, I, I would suggest, look, and I, I mean, my, my, you know, my daughter's 16. She's, she's not going to, in a minute, it doesn't matter what I think, you know. Um, but I don't, I don't think, look, I, I'm, I'm just speaking for personal experience. Socials are not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not a good place for me to dwell. Mm-hmm. Um, I can buy into the hype. I can buy into the hate very easily, you know, and the comparisons. Um, Exactly. And I can, I can begin to lean on the affirmation that I get, which is a never ending disposal. Like my body will never, there's no applause that's loud enough. There's not enough followers that will ever satisfy my soul. The only thing that will satisfy me is Christ. 
And I'm a, I'm a completion that won't happen until I'm out of this world, you know? And so it, 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 it can very much consume me in, in bad ways. However, it's a very, God uses it. You know, I, I find that a lot of people watch our family and for some reason they see something that gives them hope and something eternal. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. But at the, at the, on the flip side of that coin, it's, it's not the healthiest, you know, yeah. thing for me, for me to run, but you know, it's really equivalent to look, I love songwriting, but it can also control my life. You know, it can, anything I touch can turn into a vice. And so at some point I do feel like my kids will need to learn from experience, but, but socials are a dangerous place to learn because they're there. You know what I mean? Like you, you can learn from your mistakes, but so can the world. And, and, and they may not be gone. You know, if you learn from a mistake Mm -hmm. on a, on a social platform and my kids have the curse of the day Leela opens a TikTok page or an Instagram, she's going to have a million followers. You right. know, I mean, it's it's going to be instant. So I'm very aware of the dangers um, of social media. Again, just from personal experience. Yep. I mean, they're. Um, so that's I know. I mean, even for me, I was in, I was over, you know, I was over 40 during the last election. And yet I, I could be brought to my knees by these fake Russian accounts. And I didn't realize they were fake. I thought they were real. Um, right. And saying all these things about me. And I'll never forget. I saw President Bush about, um, I don't know, in the fall of before the election of 2016. And he yeah. said, he said, how was your summer? And I said, sir, it was like the worst professional summer of my life. And he said, well, uh. why didn't you call me? And I said, Mr. President, if I had called you and said people were being mean to me on Twitter, you would have said, then get off Twitter. <laughs> and right. that sounds so easy to do. Right. But you I, I think what you just said is something that I'm going to take away from this, which is that um, it can be an unhealthy place and you can become obsessed with it. And I think the, the, the courageous thing to do is to walk away from it. A friend of mine, um, her daughter gave up social media for Lent. And I'm really oh, curious wow. to see how it will be at the end, because even after a week, apparently the uh, her daughter said, I don't miss it. Wow. And once yeah. it's gone, if you you know, once you get off of the step off of the craziness of it, it's not there. But as you said, it, right. it does help. I also wanted to ask you about um, mentors, because we talk a lot about that on here. Like, how do you find a mentor or do you have to have a professional mentor? In a podcast I heard you do with Tom Maley on the Write You a Song podcast, which I love, you talked about being mentored by the best. And I know that Shane McAnally comes up in your world. Um, are you able now to turn around and be a mentor as well? Yeah, I try. You know, I try to work with, you know, as many young artists as I can. And, you know, just folks that... that um their music I gravitate towards and I really have a passion for. I, I tend to gravitate towards those who are kind of outside the fringes of the box, you know, like, like my stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people who are really uniquely uh, gifted. There's a, there's a young lady named Nikita Carmen who I love just having around our family. Um, my wife loves her music. My kids love her music. And I produced a, 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 um, just a little, like kind of an eight track garden. It's called the garden little project that we did together, but I believe in her writing and, 
um, you know, I try to encourage her as much as I can. And, you know, really my advice um, to anybody is, you know, find, you know, I, I, I want, like when it comes to Nikita, I try to avoid mistakes that I made for mm-hmm. her. I'm like, Hey, just don't do this, mm-hmm. you know, cause I did that and it didn't work out well, you know? And, um, but then I also encourage her, like she's an individual, you know, like me. And so, um, we can butt heads, but we also work really well together. And you know, what's um, interesting is that I listened to this, write you a song podcast and a few years ago, Shane McAnally was on it. And I remember one of the yeah. questions to him was, are there any songwriters or singers, stars in, uh, in Nashville that you, um, really uh, appreciate or think are really great. And he mentioned you and, uh, um, what you just did for Nikita. I just, I do think that especially in Nashville, people are able to do that and pass it on. I try to do it here at Fox news as well. Um, to try to find people say, okay, she's got something, uh, to offer here. She's, uh, got a unique point of view. Let's get her on. Let's give it a shot. And it's fun in a way, but as, when you get older to try to be able to do a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, and you know, I mean, you know, in your line of work, look, I mean, it's miraculous. We're here that you and I, that our lives collided Absolutely. at this place and not, you know, there's only so many spots. And so there's a lot of people who grow up and want to do this and they don't get to for some reason or another. And so when you, I think when you get to a certain level, there is a moment where you look back and you're like, you know how many people like us ahead of us kind of brought us here, you know? Yeah. And Shane is, Shane is one of those people for me. I would not be here without him. And so, yes, I would love, you know, to, to assist and help someone get to the platform, yeah. you know, where they can express themselves on a level where, where I am at eventually. Is songwriting different with women than with, with the guys? Well, uh, you know, um, I don't, I don't really think it is, you know, yeah, that's interesting. I don't mean, I, I was just curious. I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure like, uh, no, if there's you know, a different I mean, perspective or thoughts, I mean, certainly there's some different life experiences, but there's some really great women songwriters now too. Yeah. You know, like Lori McKenna oh and you on the, on the briefcase, the song that you wrote, um, the briefcase with Lori McKenna, it's amazing. It's ridiculous. It's and deep. Um, yeah, you know, I think um I think writers in general um the safer the environment is, the the better material is gonna come out. You know what I mean? Like it's very um it's very scary, you know, to walk in a room and say, Here's my heart, you know, yeah. don't make fun of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and exactly. uh you know, you know, I think Laurie Laurie is just one of those people. We wrote that song briefcase via zoom. And Hmm. I mean, I felt, I felt, I felt completely comfortable, um, you know, just airing out all my feelings (laughs) with her. And that was the first time we had ever, we had ever met, but no, you know, there's, um, I don't know, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a female or male thing, but, um, you know, even in my relationship, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm the guy, crying in the commercial you know laney's <laughs> stone cold you know and so i'm a crier too um yeah you know, i cry I mean, when I things are I, I cry at things that are sweet and nice like yeah that's yeah, I, and, and just, I remember 43 was like that 
But Laura Bush, she was very stoic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of a personality. I mean, you can, there are some, there are some women that I'm intimidated to write with, but then there, <laughs> there are some that there, there are men and women. I think they, they would say I'm the, the cold one in the room, you yeah. know, and it's just, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I will say I, there's, there are great males and there's great yeah. females to write with. And, um, I just, I love to write songs. I can tell it, that it, you uh, do. I know that you write every day and you've been so generous with your time. I just have one last question because I oh, thought yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. profound how you described this for everybody listening. Um, you talk about how life is hard and it isn't celebrations all the time. And you say that we are united in our struggles. I thought maybe we'll yeah. get a last thought from you on that before I let you go. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when, um, when Lainey and I lost our seventh child, Oakley, she was a stillborn and, you know, Lainey carried her nine months and we drove home from the hospital and went through all the things that you go through, but we just didn't, we didn't have a baby. You know, we had a funeral to plan and we had a baby, a, a, a cold body to give back to the hospital. You know, we just, we went through things we never wanted to go through in our, in our life. And, I remember sitting at a red light on a, on a road that I've gone up and down a billion times in my life and just looking around at the eyes and the, the heads and the cars and thinking our, our life just stopped. You know, I didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to go to work. I, I, just, I don't know what I wanted to do, you know, but we were, I was headed home to tell my, the rest of my kids what had just happened that day, you know, and I looked around and nobody else knew, you know, like you could pass me and you could look at me and you would think that guy's going to get a smoothie or maybe he's going to the gym, but no, I'm, 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 I'm having the worst day of my actual life, you know? And, um, I, we began to meet people, you know, who had experienced similar mm -hmm. things and it was very comforting. You know, when you meet someone who has been through the same hell as you, you're it's a weird feeling you're glad that yeah. they have you 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 wouldn't want you don't you don't want that for either of you but you're so you're so less lonely now for meeting someone who has also been near to that explosion you know and i i feel like it's one of the most beautiful gifts about earth itself is that there you're not alone you're never alone and it's it goes back to the simple things like my daughter my daughter's first period or what whatever you're you're we are not you think you're alone but you're not right you know and so i think it's a beautiful thing that our tragedies unite us it's a great lesson and one of the things that i started doing uh one time i was you know living in new york and having um pretty privileged lifestyle now after a lot of hard work, but I'm not, um, I, I don't ever want to feel like I'm not grounded. And I was feeling pretty disconnected to people. And even on the subway, you know, I'd get on there, I was looking at my phone or I had my headphones in and looking on the ground. Right. So I wouldn't make eye contact with people. And I made a conscious decision as a new year's resolution that everybody I came into contact with, I'd wish them like a silent, a little silent wish or a little silent hope. Like ah. sometimes it could be something like somebody studying their homework. I remember this girl studying for a test on the subway and I just looked, I said, I hope she gets an A. 
And I hope ah. I hope he gets home okay. And I hope nobody's mean to her yeah. today. I hope everything works out. And then just to try to get up out of yourself to realize everyone's going through yeah. something. And then if you can get up out of yourself, you are more likely to be able to, one, live with gratitude, which I believe makes you more resilient. And the more resilient you are, the closer you can be to finding serenity. And serenity is different than happiness. Oh, yeah. And serenity to me is the ultimate goal. That's the that's the sweet spot. That's that's amazing. I love I love that. And I I agree. I mean, anytime you could stop thinking about yourself, it's just better. More to come right after this. I just have to thank you. I've taken up a lot of your time. I think that you're no, a, an incredible artist. And I, I, I thought I would just mention one other thing. For years and years, President Bush thought that he had said the word strategery instead of strategy. And it turns out that it was actually Saturday Night Live who came up with that line. And he was so shocked. He's like, oh, wow, that sounds like something I would say. Um, he said, but I did come up with the word misunderestimated. And I always laugh at that, I think, because it was a, a combo of misunderstood and underestimated. Yeah. And I sort of I feel love- like for you, Walker Hayes, you have been misunderestimated in Nashville for a long ah. time. But you wear it well. And I'm thrilled for your success and I just send my best to your family as well. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you talking to me this morning. All right. I look forward. I'm going to come to one of your concerts soon. Yeah, come on out. We'll take care of you. I appreciate how generous with his time Walker Hayes was to speak with us and to get his thoughts on raising daughters and songwriters in Nashville, whether they be women or men, and how if you persevere, you can really make it big. And he's so grounded. I found it very inspiring. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.